0: This is the Social Geek Radio Network. Hello, geeks, and welcome to Social Geek. Rockstars, I'm Jack Munson, your host and Marketing Celia. It's our special year-end edition with Rockstars Paul Pickett of Wild Birds, Susan Borso of Massage Heights, Diane Phibbs of Franchise Update, and Matt Howler of the IFA. We're looking ahead at business and franchising in 2023 and maybe making some predictions. Today's episode is brought to you by Service Mind, Hughes, and the panel is next after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry, with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. Joining me today is today's rock star panel, Paul Pickett, Susan Borso, and Diane Fibs, along with Matt Haller. Matt, we're going to start with you today. You've been on the road with the Open for Opportunity campaign with the IFA, what are people saying outside of the beltway about our current business climate and overall state of franchising?
1: Look, I think people are nervous about the year ahead um, for all of the factors that are on the minds of you know our members, right? Um, they're worried about the inflationary environments. They're worried about labor shortages still um, they're worried about the cost of capital becoming more expensive in terms of franchise development uh, and you know, just improvements to existing businesses. So those are, I'd say, the three things that are on the minds of our members. But I always do feel like the franchise community, and we see it in our data, um, you know, we, we will. It, it's, it, it's always a reminder of the strength of the business model right? Mm -hmm. Because it's relative to what, right? Everybody's facing these challenges across the economy and franchise brands and their franchisees, you know, they're survivors. And, um, you know, we saw this during COVID, right? They bootstrapped, they figured out, you know, how to work within the system to get their franchisees what they need to ensure they were making money. Uh, And at the end of the day, you know, I'm confident that, you know, the business model is going to get through this patch, just like it's gotten through all of the patches in the past. And the other, you know, upside, because I always try to a little bit of positivity on things is, you know, leads, I think are, are still there. It's taking a little bit more time than, you know, members would like to close, uh, leads. So that cycle has gotten a little bit longer in the last, you know, six months or so. I don't know that that's going to change in the next six months. Um, but there are more people looking for franchising than ever, um, looking at franchising than ever. We see that when people are leaving the workforce and, you know, that's, that's a good sign for us too. So little perspective of what we're hearing out on the ground.
0: Excellent. Susan, let's go to you next. What's sort of the overall feeling out there with all of your franchise owners and your corporate staff and, and even customers? Are Are you feeling a, a a more optimistic or more pessimistic view for next year, for 2023?
2: Honestly, we're feeling very optimistic, uh, the business that we're in, the industry with the growth of spa and healthcare and wellness, it continues to grow significantly. So our franchisees are experiencing that. The members, I mean, our, our biggest opportunity is continuing to focus on recruitment and retention of our therapists to serve more members. So real positive outlook um, with our team and our franchisees at this point, which is great. We love it.
0: Matt mentioned uh, an optimistic feeling for franchise development, and we want to dive a little deeper into that today, too. Um, but when it comes to your consumers, your the customers of your franchisees, are you feeling, you know sort of a shift in economic situations and um, maybe people being a little bit more uncertain? does that actually help certain sectors, including, uh, you know, people taking good care of themselves and doing some self-care, is that does that factor into what you see for next year?
2: For us, yes. I mean, the health and wellness focus and self-care and what people are doing to improve their mental health physically and mentally is just, it's, it's uh, soaring every single day and so we experience that with our members our members growth people coming in to get massages people coming in to get facials taking care of themselves so it's absolutely um, something that we're our franchisees are experiencing every single day as well as our consumers consumers are putting their investment into their health care and their routine more so than ever
0: that's very good to hear on the franchise development side Paul, what are you seeing as far as growth for 2023? If you had to take a stab at a, at a prediction, are you seeing it uh, pretty steady or more than the past couple of years or maybe uh, pulling back a little bit?
3: Well, I don't think it's going to pull back. I think we're going to be steady. I don't think we're going to have a record-breaking year in development, but I think that as an established brand that um, experiences actually Franchisees, uh, our stores experience growth during times, um, as Susan said, you know, people are, they may not spend as much money on some things, but they'll be darned if they're going to give up their self-care, the things that bring them joy, especially at joy at home. Um, So we're experiencing, we've had an excellent year in the stores so far, but as an established brand We have a lot of growth from within, so I think that is going to continue. Again, I don't believe it's going to be a a record-breaking year for new store development, but I think that we are going to... I'm feeling optimistic that we are going to hold our own, absolutely, and continue to grow. And as a mature brand, we've got a number of franchisees who are just at the point of retirement, right? Mm. And so we see a lot of new blood coming in with really good multiple of earnings on on selling our stores, and I think we'll see a lot of new activity and a lot of new faces within our existing Wild virtual franchise store owner community. So I, I never thought about this before,
0: good. but but your brand is actually in the self care business as well right we it's it's not so much you you don't uh, you don't feed the birds for your house or for the outdoors you actually do it for yourself i, I never thought about that before
3: yeah and new studies that feeding the birds actually improve mental health and they, they there are actual medical physical things that happen lowering of blood pressure um, reduction in um breathing rates when people are feeding the birds.
0: I think we could all use a little bit more of that in 2023 as well. Uh Diane, let's talk about the uh the the big report that a Franchise Update has uh has released. Is it is it officially public yet the AFDR for last year or is that coming soon or where are we at with the official published date?
4: Yeah, so thanks for asking, Jack. The AFDR should be released by the end of the year. We're finalizing that one. It's a big report. We introduced the top line results at the Franchise Leadership and Development. And and Matt, thank you again for your partnership on um, FLDC and FCXC. It was, I I think, uh, good for everybody. And um, yeah, there's some really good stuff coming out of that report that I think people can use for their benchmarking moving into the coming year.
0: Yeah, it's really become kind of the roadmap for Fran Dev folks and for marketing people as well. Any key takeaways that you can share with us? Or um, maybe was there anything in this year's report that surprised you that, uh, that you weren't expecting?
4: The one thing that I would say, and this kind of tags on to what Matt was talking about earlier, the lead to close ratio was at 1% for. Years and years and years. And this year it rose to 3.4%. Wow. So I think that there's, and I'm not sure what the factors are that have made that change. I don't know if it's possibly that because of the internet and social media, you can learn so much about a brand and a prospective franchisee can do their homework before they engage with you. Um, but that's good. And I think that information bodes well for us um, moving forward from a franchisee close ratio, but also from a recruitment lead gen and working through the sales pipeline process, because as a result, all of the other conversions have improved too. So applications, discovery days, et cetera.
0: Yeah, uh, that number is huge. Uh <laughs> And uh, as Cute. a digital marketing person, I'll, I will say I'm sure it's due to the high quality of leads that are coming in <laughs> from all of those digital marketing spaces. But does anybody else have any take on that? On on how did that close ratio go from typically one percent, uh, and like Diane said, we've seen that year after year after year to now you know almost three and a half percent. Any any thoughts on on why that's going, Paul?
3: Well, Diane and I we never actually got a chance to talk about this. Well. We were at FLDC, but I wonder if as more and more brands are bringing in really quality lead qualifiers who are having more in-depth conversations with somebody who's submitted an inquiry and helping them through the process about should they move forward and complete, for us, we call it a lead, uh, we call an individual, the status is lead when they fill out a longer form. And But they've had potentially two or three conversations with a lead qualifier who's ensuring that they are prepared to make the jump and that they have all the information that they want scheduling calls with with me or with uh, my director of franchise development. So there may be more contact before they become a true lead.
1: Part of it is they're listening to what the advice that's been in these reports for years, right? More franchisors are listening to hey you know responsiveness is really important to close you know that timing I would also argue that you know selfishly and Diane mentioned this like when when you invest in professional development by coming to the convention or industry events um, you know you learn what's working and you meet people that are doing it really well and having you know lower uh, closing rates and you know taking more costs out of the system so I think it's it's a reflection of um, you know, not to just pat ourselves on the back, but, you know, you, you get out of organizations, what you put in, and professional development is huge. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's part of that, right?
0: Yeah, that professional development does stand out. I think um, uh, people like me like to pat ourselves on the back that we're delivering the best leads ever, right? But I, I think there is a new generation of franchise sales folks that are um, – maybe not in a situation where they can get by with 1% close rates, right? That's just not good enough anymore. And, and maybe they've challenged themselves and their CEOs have challenged them to increase that from 1%. And it's just not going to uh, it's just not going to pay the bills anymore to only uh, close 1% of the, of the things coming in.
4: If I may tack on to what Matt said, I think the other thing is that COVID gave all of us in the industry an eye-opening experience to how I perform as an individual and how I contribute to my brand from a franchise development perspective. It also gave us an opportunity to sit back and say, who is my target audience? Am I really reaching this person? I think I need to be smarter about this. It's not intuitive anymore. You know, there, there's, there's a lot to learn. And that has fueled the the quest for more growth opportunities as far as professional development that I think we're seeing in the results and, and a bright spot coming out of COVID, right? We've all gotten a little bit smarter about how we do business and how we do our homework in preparation to do business.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that. Susan, any thoughts on how business and and specifically your business has changed over the past year? Not so much on the consumer level and what the consumers need, but how you're marketing the brand and how you're marketing franchise development and for consumer business. Any Any big changes there that you think will continue into next year?
2: Yeah, I mean, great question. Marketing is always top of mind. We launched a new campaign this past year at our conference called The Power of Feeling Good, because we did a lot of research and that really resonates with our consumer and our members and our franchisees, too. So how we integrate that in our messaging and our marketing efforts is going to be key as we go forward in 2023. I think where our focus is going to go towards and put a little bit more emphasis on in 2023 is more support with tools and resources for field marketing this next year. I mean, when COVID hit, you know, there was just a shift in people not getting out and doing the things that made them the mayor of their community. And I think we are really refocusing our efforts at Sash Heights on that this next year. I brought back Ashley Schutz, our CMO, who was I know it's probably news to (laughs) some of you, but she was with the brand for eight years. She's she's come back as CMO and we've talked a lot. And you know, the education and the inspiration and the best practice sharing for your foundational local store marketing is really going to be in the forefront for us next year.
0: The rock stars will be right back after this word from Hughes. Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Reach out and find out how Hughes can become your networking partner. Call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427 or visit Hughes.com slash franchise.
4: So, Susan, could you talk about, because this is kind of an extension of marketing, and it's marketing to your teams. And you and C.G. Funk and your team introduced a podcast podcast a podcast this year or last year that's targeted to the estheticians that I think is just so cool, right? Because when your employees are engaged with your brand, it's, it, there's no better selling tool than, than employee who loves what they do and they're getting ongoing enrichment. So um do you mind? Yeah,
2: no, not, that? not at all. Uh, you know, our, primary focus last year and will continue to be are our people and, you know, we're not a brand without our therapists, our massage therapist and our skin therapist. So CG Funk, our senior VP of culture and industry relations last year you know, spearheaded a, a podcast called Outside the Room. And it's really geared toward therapists and physicians all over the country, not just with our brand, but she brings in industry leaders. She talks about self-care tips. Um, you know, there's just so many contacts that she has that can inspire, educate, and provide tools and resources to, you know, the therapist and institutions across the country. So she's been doing it twice a month. And it's, it's, again, the internal focus is really on the people and how do they feel inspired about the industry that they are in. So, and outside the room, the name of it is, you know, when you think about getting a massage or facial, You know, your therapist is inside the room ninety percent of the time. So we call it outside the room because again, there's a connection that needs to be made with the brand as well as, you know, their retreats and everything. So yeah, thanks for asking, Diane. It's it's been going really well too. Good.
0: I love that idea of reaching team members and franchisees team members in places where they want to be reached, right? Not not all of us are reading our emails every day shocking to hear, I know. But the idea of reaching people with a new type of podcast or TikTok videos or some other form like that, I think is is really important when we do have a lot of people out there who are not really checking in on their traditional email uh, newsletter every day. So great job on that, Susan. Does anybody else have any Uh, new things they're trying, whether it's technology or maybe something for the consumers, anything that, that they've started or they're planning to start in 2023 that you'd like to share?
4: I have something that's new and old at the same time. Okay. I think that what's new is something old and that's an integrated marketing strategy because I think that we know that marketing can be really cyclical and there are a lot of factors that drive purchase and purchase intent. Um, I think I've, I watch all of them, but the one vehicle that's kind of surprised me this year is print. Like did anybody else get more catalogs this year than you have in like 10 years?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: So there's, there's something to be said for looking at some of these marketing initiatives that have been successful in the past. And, and I think that to me was probably my aha moment leading into 2023 is there's something very realistic about the power of print.
3: We just mailed, we uh, in right before Thanksgiving, just mailed out to a bunch of uh, leads that had not moved forward because of timing issues, but we took our franchise report, which is a downloadable PDF, turned it into a shorter, um, more concise print piece and mailed it out to 5,000 people um, that had gotten interested. But doing, as if you told me to do that in October, Diane, we (laughs) we just launched it. And part of my marketing strategy for 23 is to actually have an outside company coming in and, and doing just a review and edit to make it even better, do another print and send out. I think it's it is so good. You have to it's like an orchestra, right? I mean, that's what marketing is. And that's the challenging thing too is that you may not be able to attribute a you know, a lead source to one specific thing. It makes it more challenging, but you kind of got to be out there in a lot of different things and so we're bringing print back into the mix.
2: That's cool. Paul, keep me posted on how you do. I, I, I'm interested in that because we've been thinking about that as well. You know, we've actually dedicated a marketing person, hired a marketing person to really support franchise development in our efforts, uh, you know, with content and everything. And that that's something different that the brand hasn't done. We have to make that investment. We really have to differentiate ourselves in our messaging, in our content this next year. So we we are different and what is our value proposition and how does it stand out? So just the investment in marketing for franchise development is also something that uh, we've added for this 2023 docket and budget.
3: Well, I think awesome. retailers have done this for years. They've reached back out to consumers who haven't engaged with the brand mm-hmm. for a while, right? We lost customers. And it just became clear, we're also developing a plan to go back to those same people we've got we've been franchising for decades we have a lots of lists lots of email addresses and just formulating a more strategic and process oriented plan this process oriented plan is redundant but something just a lot more um thoughtful to do that regularly and to reach back out to say hey is the time right now for you to move forward
1: there's a great Twitter thread on this from a couple of days ago from this guy Brian Beers he's a Midas franchisee in the southeast PA area and he he literally his head of his tweet is is direct mail advertising dead and talks about over the last month uh, he generated 18 bucks in sales for every dollar they spent on mailers Wow so wow yeah and he's got the whole p l right there um, so it's kind of a cool thread maybe Jack can throw it in the in the uh, many, show notes
4: Absolutely. how many we locations will. does he have?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Like he's definitely dozens. He should probably be a a member of the, uh, the phone count,
4: your council, Diane. (laughs) Thank you, Matt.
0: You know, I love that idea of, of going back to something else that, um, maybe not all of your competitors are doing right now. I, I do, a a lot of conversations with suppliers in the franchise industry. And we talk to a lot of CEOs and, my question is always, what's a good way to stand out? What's a good way to get your attention? And the number one answer, very unscientific, but I ask all of these people the same question. The number one answer is handwritten note. And the art of the handwritten note, I think, is coming back. I know I've received more handwritten notes in the past year than I probably have in the past 10 years. So um, I think that's another thing that if you're really trying to reach somebody and they're already getting you know, 75 Facebook ads a day and 25 texts in a thousand emails, a handwritten note is probably uh, something that's going to stand out in their mind and, and make them remember you more. As we start to uh, sort of wrap up this year's wrap-up show, Matt, I want to go to you with any um, anything that we should be looking at for 2023 with our franchisees, with our teams um, maybe from a from a government and whether it's federal or state in some areas, uh, with a, with a look on that as things that we should be acting on, threats that we should be aware of, anything new coming uh, down the pipeline that uh, that we need to dodge.
1: Yeah, I mean there are no new no new ideas, so uh, you know, but it's sort of back to the future with some of these these ideas, but we've navigated them before. So the joint employer issue, it's back. Um, you know, we're going to make sure that it doesn't fully come to fruition through the NLRB or the department of labor, um, with litigation and, you know, other opportunities to, to stop it. But Congress, fortunately with divided government will not be able to really do much harm. Um, and there may be some ways to do some, some positive things on like the immigration front. Um, so I pay attention to that. Um, the one new thing that I think people are not, as read into, as I would like, is this change in uh, the SBA's um, lending criteria. So they are proposing to eliminate what's known as the affiliation rule. uh, And as part of that, they would actually eliminate the franchise directory, which many um, in the franchise sector have grown very used to. Um, While the directory is not perfect, um, the system works quite well. Um, and if this change actually goes through, it could really put the onus on lenders to be the ones looking through the franchise agreement um, to determine you know, eligibility for SBA lending. And we're concerned it could really slow down SBA deal flow, uh, which as we head into this higher um, inflationary environment, the SBA will probably become even more um, important than the commercial side, uh, of the lending equation. So that's something if you haven't paid attention to, we've had in our newsletters of late at the IFA, you know, definitely reach out to me or somebody on our team. If you want more, um, on, on that front, you know, the last thing I'll mention, Jack, is just, you know, the, the proliferation of state and local, um, sort of things, um, that impact franchising when we get into January, um, all the state legislatures will be back in session, mm-hmm. uh, You know, we have our antenna up with what California did to the quick service restaurant industry um, with the FAST Act, and while we mitigated um, that to a degree um, and are now stopping it with this referendum, uh, we know that our political opponents at SEIU are very emboldened um, to build on their success in California and look at other uh, friendly states to organize labor uh, to continue to advance, um, you know, their, 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 their efforts to organize in the franchise sector. So we're watching that closely in some of the more, um, progressive states.
0: Excellent. Thanks for your hard work on that. We all appreciate it, Matt. And before we go, Matt, any big predictions next year when it comes to government, politics, marketing, franchising, baseball, anything, (laughs) anything you want to put on the record for 2023?
1: Uh, I predict that IFA will be um, stronger than ever in 2023 with some new initiatives that I'm very excited that I can't talk about yet, but I predict that they will raise some eyebrows um, in the franchise community. How about that?
0: All right. There's a tease. We'll take that. All right, Mr. Pickett, we're going to go to you next. Predictions for 2023. Anything you want to put on the record?
3: I think that it will be another year of filtering out the wheat from the chaff. I think that franchising will get better. I think that um, those franchise systems that are treating all of their strategic partners ethically, honestly, um, kindly, and thoughtfully are going to continue to win. I mean, we saw this start even more so a couple of years ago with COVID, and I think it's not going to change. So I think there will be just a continued, those who are doing it right, doing it well. Focusing on what they need to focus on will continue to thrive, and the, um, others will be challenged even more so.
0: I, I think I totally agree with that prediction, and I and I hope it comes true. Susan, any ideas from you on uh, what you would like to predict for next year?
2: Just a couple things. Um, I do believe the continued focus on health and wellness and the increasing technology to support that. I think people want to feel good at their fingertips, and there's so many digital apps and everything, and I just, I see that continuing. I also will predict, Jack, that your Social Geek podcast will rise to the charts of the America's most popular podcast in America. So. I mean, talk about sucking up, but yeah, I mean, that is, <laughs> I, I do predict that, Jack. So. Thank
0: you. Did I mention Susan's my new best friend? Uh, I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. Thank you very much for that. Diane, any predictions for
4: 2023? Um, well, yes, you know I always have something to say. But I think that, that my prediction is going to be a little more focused towards multi-unit franchisees. I think that multi that, that franchisees will continue to grow. And I think that multi-unit, multi-brand franchisees will continue to grow. Franchisees are looking at uh, possibly diversifying their portfolio. They'll continue to grow with the brands that they're in now, but they're always looking for the next new opportunity. And the franchisors who focus on franchisee health as far as relationships and profitability will be the ones who uh, find fruit on -hmm. the branches of that tree.
0: Excellent. Excellent prediction. I'll leave you with mine. Mine's way down in the weeds of digital marketing and um, social media. I predict that Twitter within, we'll say two years, will be the number one social media channel. I think it's going to surpass Facebook at some point. Um, The only one that can compete, I think, will be TikTok. But if we can get past the politics and the arguing and the Elon Musk uh, stuff going on right now, I think the changes that are happening there are going to be the gateway into the metaverse and nfts and everything else that's really going to be web 3.0 i think it's all going to start with twitter that's my
1: prediction wow. so
0: we'll we'll see if that happens or not and matt i am not predicting the cubs to win the world series once again so For, I,
1: or I, the nats or the nats <laughs> or
0: the nats yeah maybe maybe next decade so uh thank you everyone for joining us today and and you know sharing your ideas on last year and next year um can't wait to see you all in february at the IFA 2023 if you're not already registered please do so at franchise.org have a great holiday everybody we go, a quick word from ServiceMinder. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands. From tracking marketing efforts, to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks, ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is The Social
2: Geek Radio Network.